About two years ago, we were finally coming out of this COVID learning environment. And what that environment taught us was a valuable lesson about adaptability and resilience. And what does that boil down to? Well, it boils down to the fact that there is a need for a flexible mindset and the development of digital literacy skills. And I'm not only talking about the students because we all know they know how to work those devices. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is that these skills have to be developed by parents and teachers as well. And even if you've been living under a rock, you should still know that COVID has changed the way that we are going to learn in the future. At this point in time, our kids are going to see less of the traditional brick and mortar educational system and more of a digital one. And as it pertains to that digital one, or dare I say, the online educational system, there are tons of different platforms like Coursera, Udemy or Khan Academy out there. But which one is the best for you? Well, that's what makes today's episode so special, because we're going to be discussing the different options that online education is affording us. And then hopefully you'll be able to figure out which one is best for you. Wait, you know what? Do you want to know the advantages and disadvantages of online learning? Well, stick around and let's find out. Welcome to Technically Cyber, where we unravel the digital world in a not so technical way. I'm your host, Sean Brown, here to guide you through cybersecurity with a touch of humor, a sprinkle of insight and a whole lot of fun. Let's dive in. Welcome, 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 everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Technically Cyber. I'm your host, Sean, and today's episode is going to be about online learning or the online educational system, however you want to phrase it these days. And this episode is going to talk about a specific group of online educational platforms. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, at the end of your last episode, you said you was going to talk about cyber warfare. Why the transition? Well, the transition happened because as I began to record the episode about cyber warfare, it started to come off as a how to instead of this is what happened and why. And I didn't want to be responsible for teaching people how to conduct cyber warfare. If you want to learn that, you have to do it through some other platform besides mine. So we shifted to online education because that's a thing that seems to be booming nowadays. And this is relevant because whether you know it or not, many of us have been learning online for years. Just think about it. Ever had a question you needed to answer to? You Googled it. If you wanted to learn how to do something, you probably watched a YouTube video on it. If not, you Googled it. You know, that's mainly for the previous generation, today's generation, they learn how to do things by watching TikTok videos or an Instagram story or somebody tell them how to do it on social media. But the online educational system is sort of bringing a traditional focus to the digital world, meaning the things that you used to be able to do in the classroom, you're not able to do from the comfort of your own home. I mean, think about it. Colleges have been doing this for a long time now through the means of distant learning. And if you spent any time in the army, I can only speak about the army because I haven't served in any of the sister services. But if you spent any time in the army through go army ed or army ignited, you signed up for classes and you've taken classes online through such schools as UMUC, which is University of Maryland University College or city colleges of Chicago, Central Texas College, just a few that I could think of. Um, and to be honest with you, I completed my master's degree online. So online education has been around for a while. We're just now, thanks to COVID, 
we're now getting a formal introduction to this idea. So now, as we are about to submerge ourselves in this online learning stuff, it's important to recognize that not all platforms are created equal. There are many different types of educational platforms, each one with its own unique charm. Whether it's synchronous learning, and, and that's just where you have students engaging in real time with their instructors. Or asynchronous learning, where you have the flexibility to pace yourself. The variety is immense. Now, online learning has a rich history that dates all the way back to the early 1960s. And this is when the University of Illinois, the Fighting Illini, offered distant learning to students through a network of computer terminals. So it's not a new topic or a new tool. It's just new to some of us. And with that, today we're diving into a topic that's rapidly becoming a part of our lives, especially in the wake of the pandemic. And the pandemic has made us all paranoid. Don't sneeze too many times around me. Don't cough too many times around me. Heck, don't even touch me because people carry germs and that's how COVID is spread. And I do believe that it's this paranoia that makes online education more appealing. But before we jump into the strange yet fascinating world of online education, let me give you some statistics. Well, based on recent information, online learning has been on the rise since the pandemic. In the last year alone, there's been a mind-boggling 300% increase in online course enrollments. That's 300%. Um, this is not a trend. It's a huge shift in the way we're taking in knowledge. And as we explore this space, it's not just numbers we're dealing with. It's the evolution of education. Just think about the rise in popularity with these online platforms. Here are some real-world examples that are now household names, like Coursera, now, Coursera is like the Netflix of education. They offer a variety of courses from universities and organizations from around the world. So you want to take a crash course in data science from Stanford? Coursera's got you covered. Now, Coursera is this global online learning platform that offers anyone, anywhere access to online courses and degrees from major universities and companies. This platform has well over 5,000 courses on various topics, some of which Actually, more than 1,700 of these courses can be taken for free. Coursera is partnered with more than 200 universities and companies to bring you a flexible, more affordable, job-relevant online learning experience. Now, there are some advantages of Coursera, which include high-quality content from top experts. It also offers recognized certificates, and it has apps for your iPhone and Android devices. However, some of the disadvantages include limited student feedback, social isolation, and less technical hand-to-hand -hand experience. Some of the more popular courses on Coursera include business, computer science, physical sciences, health science, data science, and social sciences. Now, I've stumbled through some of those computer science courses through Coursera, and I got to tell you, some of them are pretty good. I mean, the experts actually know what they're doing, and they're teaching coding in a way that makes it simple. But not all professors are made the same. So now with Coursera out of the way, let's talk about Udemy. Udemy is this platform that can teach you things that you wouldn't necessarily learn from a traditional school. You want to learn how to play the guitar, code like a wizard, or even bake the perfect sourdough bread? Udemy can be your go-to digital mentor. Udemy has a library of well over 200,000 courses. So when you're on this platform, you're not just going to be learning, you're going to be taking a journey about self-discovery. 
Now, this is another global online platform, but this platform offers over 600 free courses. Udemy partners with industry professionals to bring flexible, affordable, job-relevant online learning to individuals and organizations worldwide. Some of the advantages of Udemy include its affordability, the free courses that they offer. They even have a 30-day refund policy, lifetime access for any course that you paid for, and they provide you with certificates of completion. However, these certificates are non-accredited. They also lack any advanced level content. And lastly, there is limited interaction with instructors as most of these courses are pre-recorded. Some of the more popular courses on Udemy include business, digital and graphic design, personal development, and many, many more. Now I paid for several classes on Udemy and what I've come to realize is you have to find the right instructor because some instructors will keep you engaged and other instructors will make you want to fast forward through the video to get to the specific content that you're looking for. So in going to Udemy, you have to find the instructor that works well with you because not all instructors are created the same. Always remember that. And then there's Skillshare. I mean, the name says it all. Although I have not personally tried this one, I do know that it's a community where skills are shared from photography to graphic design. If there's a skill that you want to learn, Skillshare can definitely help you out. Now, let's not forget about one of my favorites, Khan Academy. This is probably considered the star of free online education. Salman Khan's brainchild has been leveling the playing field for learners worldwide, proving that education should be accessible to everyone, regardless of their background. And if you listened to one of my previous episodes, you definitely know the power of Khan Academy's chatbot Conmigo. Now, Conmigo, it's designed to offer immediate assistance while working in Khan Academy. It provides tailored support during your learning journey, just like a personal tutor. Some of the advantages of Khan Amigo is that it provides immediate assistance and it provides educational experiences that can stand on its own outside of Khan Academy. And what that means is while utilizing Khan Amigo, you could be in an English class and you have a question about math. When Khan Amigo pops up, you can ask it a math question as well. It's an all around educational tutor. And it can even help you with classes that are not offered by Khan Academy. So keep that in mind. Now, this next one is one that I believe in. I think a few of you probably should look into this as well. If you have a skill that you think people should pay for, then Learn Worlds is another platform on the market. Learn Worlds allows creators to build and sell courses online. With Learn World, it's not just about learning. It's about sharing your expertise with the world all while making a buck or two. So if you think you're a great chef and you want to share your recipes with the world, learn world where they can buy your recipes. If you're a teacher and your school system isn't paying you enough, you can create courses and share them on learn world and get paid for them. Learn world is an all around platform for creators. And what about YouTube? It's not just for entertainment. It's also a powerful platform for online education. You can find videos on almost any topic from coding to cooking, from languages to music and many, many more. And you know what the best part about YouTube is? It's all free. You just need an Internet connection and a device that can play videos. But you know what makes YouTube great for online learning? It's diverse and inclusive. Listen, you can choose from a variety of topics, formats, languages and perspectives. Heck, you can also interact with other learners and educators through comments, likes and subscriptions. Let's not forget, YouTube can be engaging and entertaining. You can learn from videos that are not only informative, but also fun and creative. 
You can watch videos that use animations, graphics, music, humor, and storytelling to make learning more enjoyable and memorable. It can also be inspiring and motivating. You can watch videos that feature celebrities, influencers, experts, and enthusiasts who can inspire and motivate you to learn more. So how can you use YouTube effectively for online learning? Well, first you have to be clear about your learning goals. Before you start randomly watching YouTube videos, ask yourself, what do you want to learn and why? This will help you narrow down your search and find the most relevant and useful videos for your needs. Also, be selective and critical. Not all YouTube videos are created equal. Some videos may be more accurate, reliable, and up-to-date than others. Some videos may be more suitable for your level, your style, and pace of learning than others. To find the best videos for you, you can use filters, ratings, reviews, and recommendations. You can also check the credentials, reputation, and quality of the video creators and sources. I know that Stanford University offers a variety of introductory courses on YouTube. I've actually watched several of those introduction to computer science videos, and they were really good. Actually, if you watch those videos through YouTube and you looked in the description, you were able to find links to the class handouts. Providing this additional resource is what makes you feel as if you're part of the course. YouTube is an amazing online education platform that can help you learn anything you want. But remember, none of these platforms are substitutes for formal education. It is a supplement and a complement. You still need to do your own research, verification, and evaluation of the information you get from these platforms. Now, although some people saw online learning as just a response to the pandemic, it has now become a powerful force that's shaping the future of education. It's breaking down barriers and putting the pursuit of knowledge at our fingertips. So stay tuned as we unravel more layers of the digital revolution. Welcome back. Now that we've taken a tour through some of the more popular online learning platforms, it's time for me to turn our attention to the pros and cons that come along with online education. And because I would always like to leave you with a good note, I would like to start off with some of the disadvantages of online learning. Because regardless of what anyone else tells you, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. One of the drawbacks is with limited student feedback. Without that face-to-face -face interaction of a traditional classroom, it's going to be challenging for instructors to gauge students' understanding, therefore creating somewhat of a learning curve on both sides. I mean, this next one is tough because we don't want to become, nor do we want our kids to become asocial, but the social isolation aspect of it is all real. For many of us, social isolation is a phrase that we've become all too familiar with over the past couple of years. Granted, online learning provides a virtual space for education, but it lacks the camaraderie and the social interaction that traditional school offers. Many of our friends were the people we met in school. Imagine growing up without any school friends or simply other people to talk to. The digital classroom can be a lonely place. Now, how can I disrupt the class if there's no class to disrupt? If I look around, I'm the only one there. Who am I to talk to if I get bored? If I'm too embarrassed to ask the teacher a question, there's no other students there that I can ask for assistance. Anyway, that brings me to my next point, the potential lack thereof or the failure to develop any communication skills. In the online classroom, emojis may reign supreme, but the art of face-to-face -face communication may take a hit. So then we have to ask ourselves, are we sacrificing soft skills in the name of progress? How do we learn to communicate with people our own age if there's no one around to communicate with? Now, I know some of you may have siblings or cousins or other people that live within the home. 
But what about the only child? Who do they communicate with? Is this the part where they start communicating with anyone who would talk to them, i.e. that predator that may be online somewhere? So this is something that we as students, educators and parents need to look into because this is a drawback from online education. But it's time to talk about the elephant in the room. Well, the virtual room anyway, or however you're listening to this podcast. And that elephant is cheating or academic dishonesty. You know, I have to say academic dishonesty because some people don't believe it's cheating if they don't get caught. And we all know somebody like that. And if you don't think you know somebody like that, that's because that person is probably you. So just to cover all of our bases here, I'll just simply say academic dishonesty. But once we make this shift to online education, we will be faced with it. I mean, what's going to stop me? I I mean, not me, but anyone from searching for the answers online, especially since they're already online. Think about it. How do we ensure a level playing field when the exam room is now your living room? And don't say that their laptops or desktops won't be allowed to access other sites. Well, we all know that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Most homes today have some sort of smart device like a Google or Alexa device that will answer whatever question whenever you ask it. I mean, all you have to simply say is Alexa or hey, Google. And if you don't have a smart device in your home, you have an Apple product. So, hey, Siri works just as well. But this is where that phrase teamwork makes the dream work comes into play. Parents and educators both together combined and any other words you can slip in there that means the same thing. But they have to be united in their students educational journey. That's the only way for this to work. Everyone has to be on the same page in order for us to move to the next segment. Now, I know some of that stuff that we've talked about may have sounded a bit dreary, but there are some advantages to online education. So let's start talking about some of the perks. And one of the biggest perks is the flexibility and convenience provided by online learning. Just think about it. You're not bound by the traditional constraints of a classroom. It doesn't matter if you're a night owl or early bird. Online learning lets you dance to the beat of your own drum. For me, I'm truly appreciative of it. I was able to complete most of the work for my master's degree online, literally in the middle of the desert. Based upon the format of the class, I had to write everything up, format it and answer any questions that I could so that when I was able to come back to a spot that had cell reception or reliable Internet service, I would be able to connect and submit any assignments that I had. I mean, it took me a few weeks to get my routine and my rhythm down. But once I was able to do that, I was good to go. And I did this for about a year. Now, let's switch it up a little bit and talk about the wallet friendly part of online learning, especially with this inflation. The cost of everything is on the rise. Next, they'll probably be charging us for air. I'm just saying. Anyway, cost effectiveness is not just a buzzword here. It's a game changer. And think about it. No more hefty tuition fees, commuting costs or pricey textbooks. Your online classroom is just a click away, making education more accessible to students from all walks of life. But let me be clear, it's not free, just cheaper. Another advantage is that you now have access to more courses. It doesn't matter if you're interested in basket weaving or nuclear technology. Some of these online platforms offer a wide range of courses that traditional schools might struggle to match. Just think about it. Not all universities offer the same majors. Heck, most universities don't even offer associate's degrees. Now, here's where the magic happens personalized learning experiences. 
Online platforms use algorithms and data analytics to create courses for your learning style. It's just like having your very own tutor, one that understands how you tick. Therefore, they can create an environment where you're most likely to succeed. But this tutor is ready whenever you need them to be, for studying anyway. They're able to assist and provide you with immediate feedback and provide you with a direct path forward. So as we navigate this online landscape of learning, it's essential to recognize that every advantage come with its own set of challenges. Now, I'm a strong advocate for learning. I don't know if it's my ancestors coming out of me or what, but I do believe in education. However, I do believe that it's not a one size fit all thing. Some students may thrive in a brick and mortar situation while others may excel in an online learning environment. Each environment offers its own advantages and disadvantages. And for me, I think that I would have preferred to have a combination of both. But it's essential to figure out which one is best for your student so that you can figure out a path forward for them on their educational journey. It doesn't truly matter whatever path you choose. Just make sure that the path you do choose is the right one for the student. And there you have it. This was a brief introduction into the world of online learning. It's an area with endless possibilities. It's where convenience meet complexity and every advantage come hand in hand with its unique disadvantages. As we navigate technology and cyber stuff together, let's embrace every opportunity to tackle the obstacles, hey, in honor football season, and continue to explore the ever-evolving landscape of education in the 21st century. Until our next dive into the digital unknown, stay curious, stay connected, and remember, everything is technically cyber. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Technically Cyber. Stay cyber savvy, stay secure, and remember, in the world of digital exploration, knowledge is your greatest armor. Until next time.